Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half-cubic-foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. That work in the gym, nice bringing that intelligent perspective that takes you above the rim. From the PG, saw the whole court. Now he plays the sideline to observe a report, bringing nothing but fresh interviews while discussing high school, college, and NBA news. So sit back and listen, you will never forget because the Off the Glass podcast is coming up next. So sit back and listen, you will never forget because the Off the Glass podcast is coming up next. So sit back and listen, you will never forget because the Off the Glass podcast is coming up next. Welcome to the Off the Glass podcast. This is your host Z, fan of no team, but a lover of basketball. Thanks for joining me for another show. And on this today's show, I'm going to be recapping last night's thrilling game between the OKC Thunder and the Portland Trailblazers. I'm going to offer you my previews for the next uh, rounds, the second round in the Eastern Conference as Milwaukee faces off against Boston. And then I'm going to also preview Toronto as they take on Philly. But real quick, couple news and notes things. Um, since the last time I talked to you, you guys already know Luke Walton. Lucky for him, great gets a new job with the Kings. Must be nice. Um, the Lakers are looking at Taiwan Lu, Monty Williams, Juwan Howard, the Miami Heat assistant to replace him. And it looks like the Bulls have signed Jim Boylan to a three-year deal, removing the interim tag. Uh, the Phoenix uh, Suns coach. Igor, I don't even want to butcher his last name, but he's been fired after one year, so the dumpster fire of the Phoenix Suns continues. And also the dumpster fire of the L.A. Lakers continues as it was alleged that Magic Johnson was seeing some emails that the owner, Jenny Buss, was sending to GM Rob Palenka, actually criticizing and talking about Magic, and that actually kind of led to Magic's resignation. So just kind of want to give a couple news and notes real quick. So let's just jump into this game. Dame Dollar, Damian Lillard, he finishes with 50 points, was unbelievable. He had 32, I want to say, maybe 34. I know he had 32 at one point in the first half. Played basically the whole game, if not the whole game. Was super sensational last night. Was making shots, and he was making shots the whole series. And in my preview, I had stated that, in my opinion, it came down to me between the matchup of Westbrook and Lillard, who won that matchup. Also stated was Paul George healthy, and I think we're going to see that Paul George is going to ultimately have surgery when it's all said and done on this on this shoulder. But um, he played well last night, shot the ball well. He finished with, I want to say, 36 points. I'm looking up the stats right now as we speak. Um, yeah, he was 14 of 20, finished with uh, 36 points. Russell Westbrook, 31 shots. 29 points, Schroeder has 17, and it's one of those situations with OKC, when you look at their team, you always say, well, who's going to really do all the scoring, you know, and I think though Westbrook can do a little bit better job getting his guys involved, but the way that team is set up and has been set up ever since KD left, 
ever since they did the James Harden trade, they always struggle for that third person to score, some offensive shooting from the outside, and it was no different in this series. But how did they blow a 15-point lead? I fell asleep on the game. I'm not going to lie. I had to go to work today, but I fell asleep. So when I woke up, I was surprised to see that Portland had won in the way that they did win. Um, so I went on and charted the last few six minutes of the game. And this was how the plays played out for OKC. This is all their possessions. Missed shot, breakaway layup. Westbrook turnover. George splits free throws. Westbrook missed a jumper. Wasn't a bad shot. It was makeable. Then Westbrook makes a three. George hits a foul line jumper. Schroeder misses a Schroeder misses a three. Westbrook takes a contested two. It was a bad shot. Then George gets fouled. He missed two free throws. That was huge. Uh, at this point, we're looking at it was like two minutes left. Um, it was um, no, I'm sorry. It's like three minutes left. It was 113, 105 during the two minute stretch. Uh, Portland was actually on an 8-2 run. As we keep going, Westbrook gets called for a charge. Dame Lillard steps in and takes the charge. Westbrook passes the ball to Grant. He missed the layup. You could kind of say it might have been a foul, but I don't think the ref wanted to bail him out. Then George comes back down. He tries to split the pick and roll. He ends up turning it over. But then with the game being uh, tied at 113 with 50 seconds left, George hits a uh, jump shot, giving him a two-point lead. Westbrook comes down. Tries to take this tough layup. Wasn't a super bad shot, but a very tough layup he missed. And then that allowed Dame Lillard to come down, stare down Paul George, and make a sidestep three-pointer from 37 feet. And everybody keeps talking about how deep the shot was, and rightfully so. It was an insane shot. Uh, Lillard has unlimited range. Everybody wants to always focus on Steph Curry and rightfully so and even Klay Thompson, but Lillard is right there with the same type of range as Steph. But the fact that he was able to do a sidestep move to make that shot was just simply incredible, man. It was a tough shot. I disagree with Paul George. I don't think it was a bad shot. In fairness to Paul, I think he was upset. Obviously, he just lost the game. They just lost the series. Um, so I think his... His answer was fueled more with emotion than anything else. But um, I think it was if he was to ask again, I think he'd say it was a tough shot. Um, if you look at the stat line, OKC finished 4-14 down the stretch. George had one turnover, Westbrook had two, while Portland was 9 of 11. And that's not including the free throws that Mar Mo Harkless had in there. Um, CJ McCollum made some big baskets. So it was like Portland had to play a perfect game. I'm not going to say that. OKC really choked this away. I mean, if you really go back and watch the game, I think they missed opportunities. I think what they did do is what uh, teams and often do is in situations like that, they started playing the clock. They really wasn't running their sets. I will say this, though. In a situation like that, that's why you have what's called continuity sets, where you have good player movement, good ball movement, and then you're able to get a good shot. It doesn't guarantee that you're going to make the shot, but you can at least get a good shot. And the fact that OKC doesn't run any offense like that, they didn't come down, or if they do have a couple of those plays, because they do run sometimes some good action to get all, um, Adams' touches early in the game, they did not come down and run a play. And I don't know if that's on Westbrook. I don't know if that's on Billy Donovan. I'm going to say it's on Westbrook. He's on the court. He's the pro. He's the veteran. He's the former MVP. He's the one who averaged three uh, uh, triple-double for three straight years.
years. He has to be able to come down as a point guard and get the team settled and try to get a shot where they get a quality shot. And worst case scenario, even if you miss, you get able to get back and set your defense or at least get fouled and go to the free throw line. But that's why I've always argued and always said, and I've seen a lot of hot takes. Like now all of a sudden everybody's saying Westbrook is done. Is Damian Lillard better? But I've always argued that Westbrook was never a point guard. He was somebody that was able to play the position. But it's a lot that goes into being a point guard. I will argue they're intangibles. I don't know if there's things you can necessarily teach. Being being able to understand flow, um, being understand points of the game, possessions. I guess you can teach all those things, but you have to have somebody that's willing to learn, willing to listen. Um, Westbrook is one of those guys that he gets complimented for how hard he plays, and rightfully so. He plays extremely hard. He gives up his body. He plays through injury. But after a while, it's just not enough to play hard. And I don't care at what level you play at, whether it's high school, college, or the pros. Once you start advancing and you start competing for championships, every possession becomes an important possession. And it's not enough to play hard. You have to be able to think the game. You got to be able to play chess at a high speed, be able to think two and three patterns ahead. And Westbrook has never had that. And, you know, one thing's for sure, it was a joke online that you can't blame Carmelo for this loss. Um, it was just going to be a tough task for them, and especially the way that Dame Dollar came out with the, the focus. He was making shots. It was going to be a tough ask for them to win that game last night and even to win the series. I did put in because of the greatness of Westbrook potentially and even Paul George. That it wouldn't have surprised me that it went six or seven games, but after uh, watching this game to see the focus that Damian Lillard came out with, and he would never divulge this because it's like giving away trade secrets. But I would love to be a fly on the wall to see the different drills he did to work on, how they blitzed him on the pick and roll. Oftentimes, if you saw, he would go real quick. He would act like he was going to use it. Then he was going away from the pick a lot. He was rejecting the pick. He was going fast so they couldn't come and trap him on the high side. He was really reading what the high guy, uh, the big guy showing, and a lot of times it was Adam, sometimes it was Grant, depending on the matchup, was going to do. And then he was able to go the opposite way or even be able to split it. But it was the way he was doing it, I could tell that he he learned from his mistakes from last year against New Orleans when they got swept by the Pelicans where Drew Holiday was able to play great defense along with um, Anthony Davis. And you could tell he made adjustments and he learned how to really read that pick and roll. And you could tell he even learned how to even talk to his big guys. And, you know, I'm pretty sure Terry Stotts and the coaching staff had something to do with this as well and making sure they were prepared on how they was going to set the screens, how they was going to make certain reads. And I just think he executed and handled the high pick and, pick and roll for the most part master, master, masterfully. He looked exceptional doing it and um shouts out to him man i've been rooting for dane for a minute man i'm glad to see that he's finally getting the love that he most richly deserves he's going to be second team all nba some people might even vote him as first team but i think he's going to be second team all nba and i'm excited to see them match up in the second round i'm i'm, I'm assuming it's going to be denver as they was able to win uh last night but that's that you can't be so sure with that they was able to win 108 to 90 but the next game is in San Antonio. Wouldn't surprise me if San Antonio gets that win and then maybe Denver closes out. But anyway, it'll be a good matchup to see Denver go against uh, Portland. And then uh, tonight we got Golden State and Houston looking to close out their series so they can meet up in the second round. But wanted to recap that real quick. Switching gears, switching gears. Uh, 
the Celtics, they swept the Pacers, so they've been waiting on their opponent. Um, the Bucks was able to close out their opponent, Detroit Pistons. They put up a little bit of a fight, but Blake Griffin wouldn't surprise me again if he's somebody that's going to have knee surgery all season. He did not look like himself, had a very bulky brace on, so I'm pretty sure he's going to have his knee cleaned up. Um, Giannis looked unstoppable, looked super dominant. Um, so I dug into the numbers. The Bucks versus the Celtics, they matched up last year, of course, in the first round. Milwaukee uh, was the seventh seed. Um, they finished um, – it went seven games. Um, Giannis and Milton both averaged 25 points. Well, Milton averaged 24. Giannis averaged 25, excuse me. Bledsoe averaged 13. And what's remembered about this series was how, of course, Kyrie Irving was out, Gordon Hay- Haywood was out, and how – Terry Rozier, as he was known as Scary Terry, outplayed his matchup against Bledsoe to the point where in a press conference, Bledsoe famously acted like he didn't know who Terry Rozier was, didn't want to talk about it. Rozier would average 17.6 for the series. He was actually the second leading scorer. Horford led him in scoring with 18, Brown 17, Tatum was 15, and it was kind of the coming out party for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier as young players last year. Tatum as a rookie, Brown as a second-year player. Um, as they was able to get by the Bucks and make it all the way to the finals where they eventually lose to the um, Ca- Cleveland Cavaliers. But this year, um, Milwaukee did win the series 2-1. Um, Horford did not play in one of the games. Uh, the matchup, Bucks won easily in Boston, the game that Horford didn't play throughout the whole series. And I mean, this has been the story of the whole season. I'm not saying nothing earth-shattering. There was no answer for Giannis. During the season, he averaged 26 points and 12 rebounds. Milton and Bledsoe both averaged 19 apiece, but Milton was shooting, um, shot a high percentage from from three. Um, if we look at their playoff averages right now, it, it, it mirrors that. Uh, Giannis is at 26. Milton is at 20. Lopez is averaging 20, 12. And what's key about that is being able to splice the floor. He's shooting 37% from field from three. Uh, Middleton is shooting 45% from three. And even though it wasn't a tough opponent, it was good to see Bledsoe, who's been playing fantastic all season. He's been very solid, hasn't been playing too wild, turning the ball over, to see him play well. Um, Kyrie, during these matchups, he did lead the Celtics in scoring, but he didn't shoot the ball particularly well in a lot of the matchups. And the key is going to be they haven't released anything yet um, about Malcolm Brogdon. Is he going to be able to go – in this series, if, even if he misses the first game, will he be able to go in the second game? It remains to be seen. Um, that's up in the air. So we just got to kind of wait and see. Um, the Bucks are hopeful that he's able to play in the first game and even play in this series. I think what it's going to come down to is uh, Haywood's play, who as the season was ending, he was kind of getting that rhythm back. He's averaging 12 points. More importantly, he's playing 31 pro- productive minutes. He's at 44% from three, 50% from two. Um, Horford is leading them in rebounds right now at 10 a game. Uh, Tatum, who struggled down the stretch of the season, actually played well. He he shot 53% from three. He's averaging 19 points. Kyrie is leading them in scoring. He's playing well, 22 points, seven assists. He's shooting 42% from three. So as, this, as the playoff moves on, most people think that the game is going to slow down and it's going to go against the Bucs because of Giannis' inability to shoot. But as I stated when they was able to trade for uh, Miritich to stretch the floor, they had Ilya Sova to stretch the floor. Lopez is shooting the ball well, stretching the floor. And, of course, Middleton and Bledsoe. And if you get Brogdon, I just feel like this is Milwaukee's year. And they have absolutely no answer from Giannis, who's shooting almost 
over 55% from the field. So, again, if the Celtics have any hopes on winning this series, they're going to need Tatum, Haywood, and Kyrie to continue to play well and then get great contributions from, from Jalen Brown and great uh, contributions from Morris. They're going to have to throw multiple bodies at Giannis in an attempt to slow him down. I think Aaron Baines can play a role in being able to anchor the middle a little bit and giving them some solid minutes off the bench. But really it comes down to can you stop Giannis's penetration from attacking the basket and his post-ups, and can you limit and get out on the shooters and contest as many threes as possible since um, Sterling Brown has played well in the absence of Malcolm Brogdon, so can he continue his play? So even um, somebody like a, a Matthew uh, Connington coming off the bench, he's played well. I just really think Milwaukee's a really, really good team. I think it's going to be different. I think Milwaukee ultimately wins this series. I don't know how by how many games, but if if Boston is to play, is to pull this off because they, uh, some will say on their roster have the most talent. Kyrie's got to play at Kyrie's level. They need Horford to kind of slow Giannis down a little bit as well on the boards, and they need consistent offensive production from Tatum and Haywood. I'm not going to say get into the free throw line because they don't do that. This team does not get to the free throw line, but they're going to have to have consistent production from their top guns if they want to get past a very talented, a very strong Bucks team. And I didn't even mention George Hill just popped in my head and his solid and steady play. He's been fantastic for them all season. Moving on to Philly and Toronto. Toronto won the series 3-1, but what is key to point out right away off the bat, I looked at the, I looked at it, the box scores. Tobias Harris did not play in any of these games. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is dominating the playoffs right now. He's being compared to his airness, uh, Michael Jordan. And um, I see what people are saying. Very uh, The way he moves, the defense – very deliberate in his moves. He's very fundamentally sound. I think that's what gets lost about Jordan was how fundamentally sound he is. Kawhi is, is the same way. Uh, Rashad Phillips um, was on this early, comparing him to Jordan as early as even last season. Kendrick Perkins brought it up most recently and most famously, but he's shooting 53% from three, 27 points. And then the breakout season continues for Pascal Siakam. He's shooting twenty. He's shooting sixty percent from the field, thirty six from three, averaging twenty two points and leading them at eight point four rebounds. And he's also leading them in minutes played as well. Um, I wrote a blog piece about Siakam. Head over to the website www.theofftheglasspodcast.com and check it out. As I go into talking about the success of Siakam, he was one of my players I felt like was poised to have a breakout season, and I was hundred percent right. Uh, Ibaka has uh, played well for them. Danny Green, that was, to me, one of the unsung pieces of that trade was the fact that they was able to get Danny Green. Um, I want to look at the stats real quick from last night because I know he had a really – he needed this from his confidence. Yeah, Kyle Lowry finished with 14 points, but he shot the ball well, and he came out playing well from the start. He finished 6 for 10 from the field. Um, he struggled. I mean, he got outplayed badly in that first game to DJ Augustine. Famously finished with zero points in that game. Um, they're going to need him to play well. I think they're going to need Gasol in this series. We haven't heard a lot from him since he's joined the team. He's trying to fit in because he's going to have to give them some offense to kind of neutralize Embiid in this matchup. Um, as for, for Philly, uh, Butler is kind of fitting in. 
I'm not saying he's playing bad, but he the points will deceive you. You think he's playing bad. He's kind of picking his spots. And I said that somebody on that team is going to have to sacrifice some offense if that team ultimately uh, wanted to be successful. And Butler wisely did that. Embiid, of course, has lead them in scoring. He's averaging 24 points and 13 rebounds. Um, Simmons is at 17.6 rebounds and seven assists. And Tobias Harris is at 17 points. He had a strong uh, game three against Brooklyn when he had 36 points and the 16 rebounds. He's shooting uh, 15 uh, – not 15, I'm sorry. I can't even read my own handwriting. 50% uh, from three. So that's good to see. Uh, Redick had a very strong game. The, uh, the last game, the closeout game, he shot the ball well. Um, it's going to be an exciting matchup. I think to me – this easily could have been the Eastern Conference Finals, um, but um, it didn't shake out that way. Um, both teams are extremely talented, and this is why Elton Brand uh, made the trade uh, to get in a position like this to have enough firepower to go up against uh, Toronto. I'm looking right now. That's what I want to see. Yeah, J.J. Redick, he's shooting 42% from three. He's averaging 13 a game. So he was able to find his shot. Uh, some of their role players, though, Mike Scott, he injured his right heel. He's going to be reevaluated. Don't know the length of that injury. He's going to be out. Um, Boban has played well for them. He's given them 10 points in 15 minutes off the bench. Um, James Ennis has actually gave them some really solid minutes, averaging seven points a game and playing some really good defense. But that Mike Scott injury is going to hurt. I mean, he made the big three late in the corner in, um, in game four and gave them the win that helped get the win over Brooklyn. I wanted to comment on something, though, that was said earlier on. Um, Jared Dudley of the Brooklyn Nets said that Simmons is exceptional in the open court and the average player in the half court. And I might be paraphrasing it. And people were kind of up in arms. And then, of course, Simmons went out and had the, the breakout game in game three. He had like 30-plus points, played extremely well, looked really aggressive, and it made it seem like Jared Dudley didn't know what he was talking about. But people missed the whole point. Jared Dudley is exactly right. Ben Simmons is a phenomenal talent in the open court because of his size, his court vision, his ball handling ability. And just because he scores occasionally in the half court like that doesn't mean Dudley is wrong. I mean, they, they run – uh, handoff action so sometimes he'll fake the handoff go to the basket he scores that way sometimes it looks like it's being done in the half court but he's able to come down bring the ball down maybe they make a pass and he gets it back he's able to settle into the post and score but bottom line Simmons is at his best in the open court not in the half court um, he still struggles and I'm not even talking about the shooting because somebody like Giannis just started shooting a little bit more threes taking three a game making one but the fact that he doesn't even look to be offensively aggressive and always score. And it was only because of the comments that Dudley said, in my opinion, that he came out with something to prove in game three and played with a chip on his shoulder. But once that was once that was over, he kind of went back to the same old thing. And I don't think it's a knock on Simmons. I just think Dudley was just trying to point out one of his weaknesses and something that he's a young player that he'll continue to grow and improve on. But that goes to my point, too. I don't feel like he's a point guard. And I know they're trying to make him a point guard. I know he's listed as a point guard. He guards the point guard. But ultimately, he would be better served as your small forward, power forward, who's very versatile and can do a lot of things. And to me, at times, he he should be off the ball. I don't think he should be um, handling the ball like that. I don't think you can win a championship with him being your primary 
ball handler and your primary decision maker like that, um, especially at times because the the fact that he doesn't shoot makes Embiid have to come out away from the basket when Embiid is dominant when he's on the block. Even though he can shoot threes, Embiid, when he plays on the block, he constantly gets the other team's big big players and uh, the big people in foul trouble. So, again, I thought Dudley's observation was spot on. I don't think he was trolling him. I don't think he was hating him. Simmons is a better player right now in the open court than he is in the half court, and that's a fact. So, ultimately, though, I think that – uh, they're going to have to play through Embiid. Hopefully he's healthy. He missed the game with the sore knee. I know he's still dealing with that. You need to continue the strong play from Harris, shooting the three from the outside. Uh, looks like Redick has found his stroke, so you're going to need him to continue to shoot the ball well. And um, and Butler just needs to pick his spot. So if there's a game where they need Butler to go off for of 30, then get your 30, even though he got his 30 in the, uh, in the opening in the first game and ended up losing that game. So he just got to be able to pick his spots. Jimmy Butler can do that. He's smart enough. He's talented enough. But it's going to be an interesting matchup. I'm excited. I can't wait to watch um, both games. I think they both open up on Sunday, so I'm going to be glued to the TV. Um, be looking out for more content. Remember, always to go over to Twitter. Follow me at Zach at the off the uh, off the glass follow me on instagram the off the glass zach at the off the glass podcast the website www.theofftheglasspodcast.com again i'm bringing this great content make sure to subscribe leave me your email so when i drop and run these email campaigns you'll be alerted of when i'm posting new content Make sure to subscribe, download, listen. We're on all the major platforms. Spreaker is the whole site. Apple iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, SoundCloud, the app tune in. And soon to come, I'm working on getting on Stitcher as well. So there's no excuse why you can't be consuming this great content. As I get ready to close out, again, it's our man Cody James. You can find his music on Apple iTunes and all streaming platforms as well. The name of the song is Scorpion Season. This is just your whole Z signing off. Everybody have a blessed week. Be safe out there. Peace. They knew that I was different since I jumped up on the scene. It's a fight to the top and I'm climbing up the beams. They said the six behind me said he got me on repeat. Uh, word the juice, word the E and word the B pap. I can't ever sleep. You would think I need a CPAP. I took your breath with that one. I'm only one of one. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half-cubic-foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half-cubic-foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii.